Psalm 68.11 says, The Lord announces the word, and the women who proclaim the good news are a mighty army. We are those women, and we are that army. So I'd love to go down the line today uh, and get you to share your name and a little bit about yourself so we can get to know you. Oh, I'm Rosie. I'm from... Uh, <laughs> I'm from uh, Territorial Headquarters of Women's Ministries based down in Wellington. Uh, thank you. My name is uh, Karaleni Wangitia. Uh, actually, I'm married with a 25-year-old son. Uh, I attend the senior call and actually I hold the position of the uh, YPSM. Yes, it's, it's great to be here. And uh, I'm just here just to talk about what I do back at home. So I think you're going to hear a bit more about that later. Thank you. Ahiahimaria koutou. Um, good afternoon, everybody. Ko Waio, who am I? Ko Putawaki toku maunga. The name of my mountain is Putawaki. Ko Rangataiki toku awa. From that mountain flows this river called the Rangataiki. Uh, ko Matatua toku waka. So my family group on my dad's side belongs to the Matatua waka. Uh, ko na mahi oku hapu, so I belong to the um, small tribe called na mahi, ko Natiawa toku iwi, so I belong to the nation of Natiawa, and that's just on my dad's side. Now, if I tell you my mum's side, we're going to be here longer than half an hour, <laughs> so we'll just leave it at that. Um, my name is Faye Molan. My husband and I are the core plant officers in Manurewa in the great south of Auckland. My name is Rosalie Peddle. I hold the rank of commissioner. I'm the world president for women's ministry, stationed at international headquarters. I am Canadian. I am Newfoundlander, uh, belonging to, of course, the Canadian territory. I am wife, mother, daughter, sister, grandmother. I have two uh, wonderful daughters and five grandchildren, and I'm inspired by the women around the world. And I'm very pleased to be on this platform this afternoon with such beautiful women. I'm Anita. Sorry I'm sitting this way, but I can't move in case the chair rolls off the <laughs> stage. Um, but it's, it's lovely to be here. I'm one of the new kids on the block, not the band, but Samoa um, Core has just been established, so I'm from there. Um, I have one beautiful husband who's somewhere here and we don't have children so yeah. Thank you. I'm really looking um, to hear the heart of what gets you fired up, each of you, about mission and your everyday life. Um, each of you holds roles and ranks within your core or centre or organisation, um, which if we did a quick Google, we could probably find something about. But I want to hear something that we wouldn't find in public. So um, can I start with you, my friend, Cara? Can you tell me what it is that really gets you out of bed in the morning and fires you up in your spirit? Uh, I was brought up in a Methodist background. And uh, I joined the Salvation Army way back in 2000, end of 2001, uh, at Suez Central. Uh, I became a senior soldier 
when I was in 2003, 23rd December 2003. And in 2004, um, as I, one day, it was early in the morning, I actually, I don't know if it was a dream or a vision. I saw myself, in like, this campsite, there was this campsite. And uh, in this campsite, it was full of children. And uh, in this campsite, there were these equipments, which I said, whoa, these are so expensive equipments. I cannot afford it. <coughs> but uh, that was in 2004. The vision was not clear. I didn't know what God was telling me that time. And then just soon as after I had that, I was enrolled as a junior soldier sergeant in Silver Central. And I thought, this is it. This is what my vision says of children. But uh, just to actually bring it forward, uh, back in 2009, 2010, uh, my husband actually had this project uh, through his youth work uh, on the streets to uh, help young people on the streets. And we start having uh, these young people, they start coming home because they were not accepted uh, in their own families. Uh, well, actually, I thought, okay, this is just, just part of the work. We will just try and actually put them back to school uh, so they can uh, be well-educated and uh, get on with their life. But uh, this is 2019, and we are more like the spiritual parents, and they're still staying home with us. They have moved on. Uh, and uh, I'm just so happy to know that one of the young boys that joined us way back in 2010 was enrolled as a senior soldier just last year, and he knows his calling is to work in the Salvation Army. Thank you. That's what I said. So Cara was telling me that the children that she works with, some are as young as 11 years old, living on the streets, that they're no longer with their parents, they don't have a home, and that um, you have opened your home, you and your husband, for them to find a home. I think that is the hand of God at work through you. We bless you. Thank you. Question for you, Faye. What is something unexpected that God has revealed about himself to you? Maybe even something you wrestle with. Okay. This is an introvert's nightmare, by the way. <laughs> Never be my friend. <laughs> I, yes, I agree. It's dangerous. Um, so the question is something that I wrestle with. Um, more recently, I think it's been other people have been wrestling with it on my behalf. So... One thing that I can't change about myself is my cultural ethnicity. And um, when you look in the newspapers or you listen to the news items on TV, you'll see that my culture is represented highly but in the wrong way. And um, one of the things that I've been thinking about more recently is if I don't any do anything about it, if I don't introduce people to Jesus and to the way that he transforms lives for the better, then my people are going to die. And it's that simple. So unless they can see um, people like myself who look like them, who talk like them, who understand the worldview in the same way that they do, then they may not hear the good news of Jesus and that only Jesus can make a difference to uplift us so that we are no longer statistics, but in our own right are people, because this is our homeland. Um, but 
we are a displaced people in our own homeland. And there's been a loss of language. The language has been stolen um, in previous generations. So my grandfather, when he went to school, he only knew Māori, but when he got to school, you could only speak English. So he was punished for speaking his own native tongue in his homeland. And because of that, the generations to follow, so my dad's generations in particular, are reluctant to speak Māori because my grandparents said, don't speak that language, you need to speak English if you want to survive. But in our generation, there's been this resurgent and this love for te reo Māori. That's why I love being in the Salvation Army where in church services, we can waia to Māori, we can sing our language that was stolen and torn away in this day and age. And that, for me, is a redemption of culture through what God is doing in our, in our nation here. And I'm so grateful to that. And I'm so blessed that the Salvation Army is open to us exploring this partnership. And for me, I don't think about life in terms of biculturalism. I've moved beyond that now. I think in terms of triculturalism. So I am Māori and I am Christian, and I am Salvationist. So my worldview is formed and framed by those three cultures. And the way I conduct myself, um, or try to, uh, yeah, try to, because you can't read my thoughts, but I know what they're like. Um, so the way I'm trying to conduct myself is to live a life worthy of the calling that God has made on my life. Not so much calling to officership, but a calling to be a disciple of Christ. And so I'm trying, and then I look around the room, and there's so many mentors and people that have spoken into my life. And I'm grateful for these people, but I'm also grateful for the generations to follow on, that they would stand in their own identity and look at themselves and say, God created me this way. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that God is Māori. <laughs> Read your Bible, because in the Bible, there's this story in the very first part of the Bible, and I have this image of God, he's um, out in the playground, and there's like this pile of dirt, and what does he do? He forms this mound, and what does he do? He bends down. And he hongies the earth. And when he breathes his breath into the earth, uprises mankind. And that's our name as Māori, we are the tangata whenua, the people from the earth. And so I'm really hopeful, not only for my culture, but also for our movement here, that when we hungi God in such a way that we are close to him, face to face, that he will breathe his life into us. And once again, we will stand up and we will rise as people, not off of physical land, but of his kingdom. I wouldn't cry. <laughs> you also said you'd bring tissues. <laughs> yeah, I did. So this is Introvert's Worst Nightmare, and so I guess you're getting a bit of your own back. I dig that. Who feels richer already? When we make space to hear where Wairua Tapu is already moving, we see more of God. We see more of the church. We see more of this body. Thank you for that, Tonga. Thank you. Already, Kara as well, for bringing this, it's like meat in a stew, eh? Unless you're vegetarian, but for most of us, <laughs> meat in a stew, thank you. Kia ora.
Rosalie. What a coup, getting the world press here, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosalie, I would love you. Um, I do love you. That was the end of a sentence. Uh, my father-in-law, Barry Keane, once said, um, I had to make peace with the fact that I may not see, or I will not see the Salvation Army of my vision come to pass in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Is there a vision that you have for the people, not just the uh, organisation as a, as a corporate entity, but as the people, I know that's your heart, that you are just so longing to see come to pass in our lifetime? And what would that look like? It's a, a deep question. Um, while you probably can't see the army evolving from where you sit, I can see it from where I sit. And visions that we have of the Salvation Army and its people, um, yeah, no, I don't think I will see it in my lifetime or my service, but I believe God has his hand upon the Salvation Army and I think he's doing great work uh, through his people. I mean, even here, listening um, to faith, I know that God's moving. I see a big difference in the territory, even after being away and coming back, of how you've embraced the cultures uh, around. And I think that's absolutely wonderful. For me right now, my heart is in uh, the women's ministry, ministry for women around the world. And I say women, and I say young girls. And I have to push it down to that. Um, I have a vision of how I see uh, women's ministry. Um, I'm calling it reimagining our women's ministry. 154 years of the Salvation Army. And we are still doing things the same way we did it way back when the Home League started or when women's ministry started or when the social work for women's ministry started. So um, in these days, I have this great vision that we need to move forward, we need to change some things, we need to understand our cultures, the people that we are working with, and that we need to be, um, have a greater vision of what God can do through the work uh, of women and through the lives of women. So uh, I'm trying very much in these days to be able to open the doors. Uh, I see um, the opportunity right now uh, for us to do something that's going to make an impact on our world and the difference in how we are going to do women's ministry in the future. I am um, challenging and inviting uh, the world to join me in this initiative. Stop doing what's not working. <laughs> Stop just meeting for meeting. We are on a mission here. We are wanting to win, win women and families for Jesus. And look, we, we are on a cutting edge. Other organizations and denominations envy what we're doing now. But can you imagine what God can do through us and in us if we could just look around and understand our culture and then, and then do things that will meet the needs of the women of this 21st century? Can you imagine what God can do if we would just open our eyes and look at our young girls, and forgive me, I would like to say, and our young men, uh, I wish I had a partner who was doing men's ministry, family ministry. I'm trying very hard to say that this is not just for women. Uh, we need to move beyond that. And if we could just get down to where our young women 
who have great needs, who are so, um, so many voices speaking into their lives, and we are not doing that. Um, as a church, we need to be more um, aware of the needs of our young girls, and it's not just meetings. It's, not just, it's just helping them to understand that they are loved by God. They are beautiful in the sight of God. We are all beautiful in the sight of God. He made us. We need to appreciate that. So, yeah, my, my vision is to, and you, if you listen and you watch, you will see that we are moving ahead with that, with my team at IHQ. Um, and I, I'm, I'm excited about what's happening, and, and I think that we're going to see some great things happen in the future in this particular area of women's ministries. Other things, absolutely, but for me right now, my focus is on this initiative. And thank you for staying present in women's ministries. We bless you for that. Thank you. Um, I would also like to ask uh, my um, friend and boss, uh, Colonel Heather Rodwell, once uh, shared with me breath prayers. Has anyone heard of breath prayers? So they're prayers you can just say on an an inhale or an exhale. Is there any kind of prayer or a small thing when you don't have uh, the time to sit down and uh, read a devotion or, or give a significant time um, to praying? Is there a breath prayer that you say when you're entering into stressful environments? Look, I am praying all the time. Good. <laughs> I am put into situations and I have to speak uh, when sometimes I'm not comfortable. I'm an introvert by nature. And my words are, God, help me. God, anyone else help me. Anyone else God, help me. And, you know, I have said before that I often, I, I've said, even when I was called to be an officer, when I was accepted, I said these words, God, I can't do that. Every appointment I have said, God, I can't do that. When we became, when my husband became the general and I realized the significance of this appointment, I said, God, I can't do that. Every single time he has come back and said, no, you can't do it, but I can do it through you. I can do it through you. Thank you. Dr. Anita. hey I am so excited um, to have the opportunity to interview um, somebody who has been there from day one in May last year when Samoa Salvation Army, what's it called when you open a fire's shots? What are you? Opens fire, yes, thank you, kia ora. Open fire in Samoa. What drew you to come through the doors of the Salvation Army? in Samoa from that first day? Okay, um, maybe um, you want me to say Holy Spirit, um, <laughs> but I wasn't quite sure. But if, if I think the Holy Spirit has a face, then these are the three people that are sitting right there that drew me to the Salvation Army. Um, and I'll introduce them. Um, if you can stand up, Larissa. She's my longtime friend. I grew up with her in Samoa, and she's now moved to Porirua. So when I was studying down in Dunedin, um, we were heading back in 2017, and we popped by to see her and her children, Tui and Josh, because we haven't seen each other for a while. So during that trip here, to um, we stopped here in Wellington, and we went to Porirua. And when I saw Risa, she invited me to go to Miri. Captain Miriyama, 
um, 60th, was it 60th birthday? So that's how I met, I met them. And they're both Salvationists. And during that time, Mary said to me, um, to me and my husband, that they were coming the next year to set up the Salvation Army in Samoa. So she invited us to come to the first service. We went there, and from then on, we've never stopped. So if the Holy Spirit had a face, maybe this is part of it. But yeah, that's the story of how I came. And I'm thankful that um, both my husband and I are very, very thankful we met um, the Careys when they came over in that first service. Lovely, lovely people. And we felt at home. So for me, I grew up as a pastor's child. My parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea. So I'm not a stranger to God. I grew up I'm very blessed that I've been surrounded with people that um, worked for God, um, introduced me to prayer, um, but not to say that my life has been completely perfect because my journey has fluctuated over the years. And I think um, with the Salvation Army coming to Samoa, it's um, sort of God speaking to me that maybe I, I need to step up a little bit. I've lost my way and, you know, I won't say tragedy, but life happened. I lost my father when I was very young. And in looking back, my faith was very strong because I wasn't really um, traumatized by the, by the event. Uh, probably because I was a little bit too young to to know and, um, or probably because I had my mother there. But when I lost my mother in 2007, that was very traumatic for me. Um, um, I, I came away to do my master's in, in Dunedin in Otago. And the choice was, the choice was that I took my academic um, pursuit, I guess, if, if those are the right words, over taking care of, of my mother. So when I came in 2007, just before my last exam, or no, when I finished my, my last exam for my master's, my, my mother rang me up and, and she said, oh, how did the exams go? And I said, oh, it went really well. Um, when she hung up the phone, my brother rang me and said that my mother had just received news that she had cancer. So immediately I, I left and went back. But she died at the end of November. So it was sort of like a whole month of blurriness and that. But after November 2007, I was knocked off my feet. Um, and, and so, you know, my, my faith in God, I think was, it was there, but it was right down at the bottom. I, I sort of, you know, lost my way and went about, you know, you, what people do. But so now with the, with the Salvation Army coming, it's an opportunity to reconnect. And when I say reconnect, I'm not talking about one moment in time. I mean, we're all on a journey, aren't we? You know, we struggle and stumble along the way. So I'm very, very thankful that these people are here. I mean, when I look at them, I connect with them. You know, Rod is a you know, very humble person, taught me and my husband a lot of lessons, and, and you know, Jenny and Mary, oh, you know, so very, very blessed. But that's 
to me, that's the... And I met my husband during those times when I was lost. And he stuck by me. And, you know, I sort of think back to um, one phrase that a person once said that God sends you people at certain parts of your life. And they're all here. Amazingly, they're here. So, yes, that's my story, I guess. Thanks. Did I answer your question? <laughs> sorry, I get lost. Don't be sorry. It was beautiful. Poet as well as a doctor. That, um, that phrase, what was it? If the Holy Spirit had a face. Has anyone ever said that to you? If the Holy Spirit had a face, it would be you. What a blessing that we carry out that you have three women here. If you look around the room, each of you, you maybe have, well, it's a Salvation Army. We all have family members here, usually. Uh, you'll, be, you'll see people, hopefully, who have been the face of the Holy Spirit. And, um, yeah, thank you. We bless you for being connected into this, this family. Cara. <laughs> I would love you... Um, you have so carefully prepared. Thank you. Would you like to um, Would you like to share a little bit more about um, what it's like for you to be involved in the family of the Salvation Army where you are? Uh, I thank God for the Salvation Army this uh, this evening because I've seen God work through the Salvation Army through the street ministry that we are looking after through the Jeff Trust Fund uh, financing us, and we thank God for that. Uh, through the Salvation Army. And uh, it is not a difficult journey with these young boys. Uh, and I also thank God through the Salvation Army, through the, through the call, through the Salvation Army Fiji, uh, through the call that we attend, and through other calls who support us in the clothes, in whatever they can actually offer us to assist the boys. Uh, well, uh, like what I said in 2010, it was a youth. And last three years, we saw a shift uh, in the street kids, uh, it was starting from 11 years old. And uh, it was a bit shocking to us. And uh, honestly, with me, sometimes as a mother, I only have one uh, son, but now I'm mother to more than 10 children. Sometimes when I throw the towel, it's not easy. But uh, I continue to thank the Holy Spirit to continue to remind me uh, and on the vision that I saw back in 2004 and continue to remind me, Kara. You came with nothing, you'll go back with nothing. And whatever I've given you, fully give it out while you're living on this earth. We did a treaty when the boys start coming home. And we know it's not going to be obeyed for, say, maybe after one year. Because the treaty says, you have to be home by 10 p.m. If not, find a place to sleep. But unfortunately, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock, we hear knocking on the doors. Boys wanting a place to sleep. So when they come in, they don't go straight to bed. We tell them, go and have your shower, wash your feet, <laughs> put on some new clothes. And uh, we just, I just want to thank God for helping us to be that positive connection to these young boys. Because they've been actually coming from negative uh, uh, backgrounds since uh, some of them as, as young as eight years old, seven years old. And the first thing that we thank God for continuing to give us that heart to give them a place to belong, to find belonging. And that's what we do. And uh, once, you know, they can open the fridge anytime they want to eat. They can cook whenever they want to cook. And uh, even my parents, they're living upstairs. Now they're calling them grandpa, grandma. And once they find this belonging, and we know that we can move on from there. Because unfortunately, we put them in the normal school system, but they actually all dropped out. 
there was a stigma. Uh, the other students who pointed them and said, you're a street kid. Uh, what are you doing here? So uh, we were thankful that just last two months, we managed to find a retired school teacher who is uh, willing to help them with the home school for three days. Yeah, and we're also trying to put them into sports after that so they can be occupied in things so their mind don't have to go back to the streets. I think I have to give time to others. Have to be a woman of my word and take it the tight half hour. Uh, let me uh, round it out by saying this. Um, the Heralds podcast is online. Um, if you come to our Facebook page, Salvation Army Women's Ministries, doesn't even say New Zealand, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa. We are the one in the world. No. Uh, Salvation Army Women's Ministries, you can find the Heralds podcast where we uh, speak face-to-face uh, -face with women throughout our movement, and we're looking forward to building this as time goes on. This um, short time frame of richness that we've just had will be going um, up in another month. Um, I want to honour Jess Keane, uh, my cousin-in-law, I guess, uh, loosely, through Salvation Army. Um, she has been producing this podcast. I want to honour each of you. Um, for sharing this short snippet of your souls. Um, we honour that within you. And to round out this time, I'd love it if we could each pray um, in our first languages. Um, and I, I'm, I pray too long, so let's go from this way there. <laughs> Turang ni keme mereza ni keme mereza na weka kuni vakadora tuke ni mami bula turang keme vakandindin taki mina kalumbula na kalu kuni sambul na biasa na kedenga kuni sabi vakandindin taki na vakatoto ni ngono ngono na kalu eno buku ni nomu ni mata ni tu turang abe na kabalim na ngono abe na kongo keme balis total weekend na langi langi na dzir na tuke me nomu ni dun tu tinga amen ayahi mari epa hey lord. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you for your deep love for us. Thank you that you've gifted your Holy Spirit upon us. May your shalom peace rest gently on us each, we pray, over our nation, over our kingdoms, over our islands, over your world, and over our movement. Amen. And Lord, we thank you because your presence is here with us even today. We thank you because you love us and care for us and watch over us. We thank you for the way, Lord, you move in our lives. And we just pray now, as we've shared in these moments, that you'd bless our stories. All of us have stories. And we thank you for the way that you always bless us. Lord, God bless the Salvation Army in, the, in New Zealand, Fiji, Tonga, and Samoa. And may your spirit continue to move in a powerful way as we seek you. And as we follow you, we pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, so, 
we have trans, oh, wonderfully, I haven't, we have, as a territory, translated Catherine Booth's words. Um, in order to better the future, we must disturb the present um, into Fijian, Tongan, Samoan, Te Reo Māori and um, English. So if uh, the people who have the boards, who each have the poster, could you please stand up around the room? Nice. Um, so these are free. We'd love to um, give each of you one in the language of your choice. So uh, if you see someone with a board like this, go hit them up and be like, the Herald's podcast was the best. Give me one of those. So bless you, each of you. I hope you uh, get to catch us online. Thank you for coming. Thank you, each. We would love to keep the discussion going. Head on over to our community on Facebook and Instagram and look for this episode's discussion post to join in.